I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Hello and welcome to an autumnal edition of the RHS Gardening Podcast. Every fortnight, we bring you a mixture of features and discussions, exploring every aspect of gardening, growing your own fruit and vegetables, plant care, pest control, garden design and container ideas, plus expert seasonal advice on what you should be doing in your garden right now. I'm Jenny Bowden, one of the RHS's team of horticultural advisors. Coming up in this edition... We visit the RHS's London Harvest Festival show to find out how 2015 has been for growers of fruit and veg. A bumper year or a lean one? We find out. The hidden gems of RHS Garden Wisley's great glass house. Peter Jones, the head of the glass house team, shows us some of his favourites from the plant collections. And, as always, the latest news and events across our four RHS gardens in Surrey, Devon, Essex and North Yorkshire. But first, let's hear from some of the experts at the recent RHS London Harvest Festival show on what jobs you can be tackling in your garden right now. So my name is Sabatino. Uh, I'm team leader on trials uh, at Weasley. Um, and uh, Trialsfield is the experimental ground of the society where we are growing fruits, vegetables and ornamental plants. At this time of the year, obviously, uh, we are in the autumn time uh, and this is a brilliant season to carry on uh, to grow your own vegetables. Uh, Still uh, keep an eye on uh, pest and disease. Uh, It's important that in crops like uh, kale, Brussels sprouts, leeks, you monitor your crops daily, weekly. Uh, two or three times a week and then you get rid of any uh, diseased um, leaves and then you check caterpillars, they're still there uh, going around your crops, eating your vegetables and it's really important that, uh, if uh, they start to become too many you need to monitor them you need to, and you need to take some action and uh, destroy them, kill them. You could spray and if you've got just two or three vegetables in your garden you don't need to spray, you can squash them with your hands, with your fingers if you use a pair of gloves, I think is another really good way of doing it. Um, also, the hygiene is really, really important to keep your kale, uh, to keep your uh, leeks and to keep your broccoli uh, as well going for a little more. Uh, as you probably have noticed if you have an allotment, leaves they start to uh, get uh, chlorotic 
so they can yellow and then they drop down on the soil surface. So what happened after that? They start to develop a botrytis or any other type of fungus or bacterium and those spores, they start to travel around your allotments or around your vegetable crops and this one will cause even further damage. So it's very important, the hygiene. I'm Jerry Edwards, I'm chair of the RHS Fruit Group and some advice for now is early apples, those are the apples which are, are now falling off pick them, you won't be able to store them for very long, perhaps only a week or two, pick them uh, and eat them. Apples which are still on the tree, leave them on the tree until around about leaf fall, which is going to be, I guess, now three weeks. Then pick them and put them in store. The reason for picking then is once the leaves are off the tree, the birds tend to home in on them, particularly the parakeets, which are quite prevalent in the south of London. They love, love eating your apples. Pick them, pick sound apples put them in store maybe the boxes you get in supermarkets and a cool place perhaps to shed down the garage and inspect them regularly all of the fruits on the ground which have fallen either leave for wildlife but preferably rake them all up now rake up all the fallen leaves that are on the ground bag them up and either burn them or take them off site to a council tip the reason we're doing that is to prevent disease overwintering on the ground um, I'm an organic grower and the best way of growing organically is by making sure you have good health and hygiene in the garden and the best way of preventing disease is to make sure nothing overwinters. Neil Hope, National Vegetable Society, things to do now. The traditional uh, vegetable to plant now are the broad beans, the Aquadolce series. They can be quite difficult if there's a bad winter so it's better to grow one of the shorter varieties like the Sutton. That overwinters very well and it's not so affected by rain and wind. The other vegetable primarily to plant now are, you can plant your garlic now and some of the onions. The one particularly I would recommend is the Japanese onion, Senshui. It's a flatter onion but that overwinters very well indeed. You can also continue to plant a lot of salad crops like winter density in the lettuce variety and that will take you through as well. The other thing to do, though, is to make sure that you've got all your potatoes out the ground by now. Plant a green manure, if possible, to cover it. Try and cultivate and dig before we're going to get any frost. Round here, so far, we haven't had a frost. So uh, who knows how long that will continue. I saw the forecast this morning, and it's definitely getting colder. You can find more tips and advice and video guides to seasonal tasks on the gardening pages of the RHS website, that's rhs.org.uk forward slash advice. I'm Jenny Bowden and you're listening to the RHS Gardening Podcast. Every autumn, the Lindley Hall in London hosts shows that celebrate the sights and tastes of this wonderfully abundant season. The RHS London Harvest Festival show at the beginning of October offered visitors the chance to see, taste and buy harvest produce from some of the UK's best nurseries, growers and independent food producers. It was also a chance to marvel at the astonishing monster pumpkins. This year saw the most entries ever for this annual competition. And the winning specimen, grown by Ian Payton, weighed in at a whopping 509 kilograms, or 1,122 pounds. That's equivalent to two Shetland ponies. With lots to smell and taste as well as see, the RHS London Harvest Festival show is foodie heaven. But it's also the perfect place to get ideas and inspiration on autumn gardening and growing fruit and vegetables. 
We spoke to some of the growers at this year's show to find out how well their fruit and veg has performed this year. It's Chris Smith from Pennard Plant. Growing this year, it's been a difficult year because we had a cold spring and then we had a really hot spell in the middle of the summer and now it's been cold and wet for a long time. But generally, I think in the vegetable garden, things have been going pretty well. We've had a few problems with blight uh, late on in the season because where we are in Somerset, it's been warm and damp. But generally, the squashes have been absolutely amazing. The beans have been good, very late, but very good. Peas, we had an excellent crop early on. And the root crops generally have been pretty good on the whole. We're in Somerset, we're 400 foot up in the Mendips. Uh, we tend to get all the rain dumped on us, so it can be pretty wet at times. We've done a lot with the plot this year in that we put a lot of manure on, we've done a lot of mulching, and it's really surprising how well the things have done. Root crops, bit of a problem, don't try and put too much manure on because they can fork, but for the brassicas, the cabbages, absolutely amazing crops. I think we've had an abundance of squashes. Um, the damp weather has helped them. We planted them on top of loads of manure, so they've done really well. We've had some magnificent pumpkins as well. Not quite big enough to win prizes, but pretty big. I think that uh, the brassicas have done, as I said, have done very well too. And we've had quite an abundance of kale and uh, cauliflowers really early on everything came together so we perhaps put in a few too many we could have done with rotating them a little bit more but people are always happy to take them from us we had a bit of a problem with the tomatoes uh, the weather was very warm and damp in july and unfortunately they got blight and we lost the whole crop and had to destroy them my name is selena campbell i'm from the garlic farm on the isle of wight Last year has been not a bad year um, because we get the right frost at the right time and the, the rain and the sun as well. So especially in Isle of Wight, we grow the garlic. We have the correct weather at the correct time. So last year was actually quite a good crops. This year, surprisingly, the elephant garlic do really well. So we even have the, as big as about uh, six inches wide, which is fantastic. Overall, they are okay, quite good. We have the Mikulov and the Solon White, which grows fantastically on the island. My name's David Patch, and I work for RV Roger Limited, which are nurseryman up in North Yorkshire in Pickering. Being nurseryman, we've uh, we found it a quite a difficult growing season, really, for the fruit trees, and also we grow a lot of roses. Um, so we've had periods of uh, cold in the spring, and then it's been dry at certain times. So it's been quite a challenging year. In terms of the fruit production, uh, our customers have reported a sort of mixed year in apples. Some have done very well, some not. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of pest and disease problems with pears and plums in particular. Now, I'm Jerry Edwards. For growing top fruit, that particularly apples and pears, it's probably been one of the best years for many, many, many years. We had a very benevolent, mild winter last winter, a very warm spring, a hot early summer, slightly damper late summer, absolutely ideal for apples and the harvest this year is phenomenal all the regular varieties are cropped very well but because it's been such a good year some of the varieties which perhaps crop once every 10 years which does happen have all fruited this year and so doing the fruit identification around the country we're getting some quite unusual apples to identify because we generally don't see them for example, this morning we've had a pitmaster and pineapple here. It's grown in a lot of amateur people's garden, but it was sort of off someone's orchard. Again, unusual to find it in an orchard. Stirling Castle, Wheeler's Russet. These are apples which are around, but not ones we would expect to see at shows like this. 
My name's Neil Hope from the National Vegetable Society. Every year is different, and each year brings its own challenges. This year it was very dry in the period sort of April, May and June, and that affected a lot of things like early potatoes and some of the early beans. But since then, it's been very damp all the way through sort of like July, August and September. Wonderful for the legumes of the bean family. I'm still picking them, and there's some on the table there that were only picked two days ago. And the main crop and later potatoes came out very well indeed, providing you got them out the ground before the end of August. Not so good since then for things like the famous late cropping potatoes, which you sowed about a month and a half ago. In theory, it happened for Christmas, but uh, there's about three people that have come in today with the same problems as I've got, which is they've been hit by blight. So they haven't formed, you know, they've only put on so much growth. But as I said, every year is different. Uh, lots very good for things like leeks, uh, as I said, potatoes, carrots. They've done really well this year. Growers at the RHS London Harvest Festival show. There are still tickets available for RHS London Shades of Autumn show, also held in the Lindley Hall on the 23rd and the 24th of October. This annual event celebrates the beauty of autumn colour. It will be packed full of inspirational planting ideas, sensational seasonal plant displays and opportunities to buy from the UK's top specialist nurseries, including a wide range of spring bulbs, garden accessories and art. To buy tickets, go to rhs.org.uk forward slash shows. Or, if you feel like getting outside, here are some events and activities you can enjoy in our four RHS gardens in coming weeks. Feeling inspired by the beautiful seasonal colours in your garden? Join us for a floral design workshop at RHS Garden Harlow Car on the 23rd of October. Learn the techniques to create a topiary and wreath design with fruits, berries, foliage and seed pods. We'll cover texture, pattern and form and produce two beautiful designs for the home. Get ready for Halloween by carving your own pumpkin at our lantern-making workshops at RHS Garden Rosemore's Pumpkin Weekend on the 24th and 25th of October. You can also take the pumpkin trail around the garden and learn how to cook delicious pumpkin-based dishes at our cookery demonstrations each afternoon. RHS Garden Hyde Hall will be celebrating Halloween with a spooky woodlands theme during half-term week, the 26th to the 30th of October. There'll be activities aplenty with themed arts and crafts in the events barn on Monday to Friday. Code of Falconry will be visiting with their owls on Wednesday for children to learn all about these beautiful birds. And on Friday, have your face painted to become a woodland creature. Children are invited to get crafty at RHS Garden Wisley's pumpkin carving events between the 28th and the 30th of October. Children are provided with a pumpkin, designs, tools and support to cut and decorate the pumpkin. There are multiple sessions throughout the days and entry costs £4 in addition to normal garden entry. As always, full details of all these events and more are on the RHS website. Go to rhs.org.uk forward slash gardens what's on. One of the highlights of a visit to RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey is exploring the amazing array of plants inside the cathedral-like glasshouse. The glasshouse covers an area equivalent to 10 tennis courts. It showcases the RHS's tender plant collections. It has three climatic zones recreating tropical, 
moist temperate and dry temperate habitats. It's home to many rare and endangered species, hundreds of orchids and every January is filled with fluttering colourful wings as it hosts our annual Butterflies in the Glasshouse experience. Peter Jones is the leader of the gardening team that looks after these tender plants. We joined him to hear about some of his favourite specimens from the collection. If you come to the glass house at the moment, you'll see one of my favourite plants, which is Victoria Amazonica. It's uh, the world's largest water lily, and it's quite astonishing. You can get lily pads which will reach up to three metres across, and they can grow up to 25 centimetres in a day. And normally, you'll see its trademark advertisement is when people like to balance a baby on the lily pad. Ours aren't quite that size yet. We could probably just about manage a guinea pig, but we're getting there. So one of the cool things about Victoria Amazonica is when it flowers. Um, It's a very special flower. It's a large, about the size of your hand, um, and it's beautiful white in colour when it opens, and it opens with the sunrise, uh, and then during the day the flower generates a certain amount of heat and then gives off a fragrance of pineapples. And at the end of the day, as the sun sets, it closes, and as if by magic, the next day... It turns a most beautiful pink colour. When it opens on its first day, the fragrance of the pineapple attracts insects and as it closes, it can trap them inside. And then on the second day, when it opens as a male flower, it releases them out again. And also, quite a cool, interesting fact about the Victoria was it was the underside of the leaf has a beautiful structure, quite angular, and it was actually an inspiration for the design for Crystal Palace in 1851. Our Victorias are grown as annuals here at Wisley. We sow them as a seed in March. The seed is no bigger than a sweet pea seed. In fact, you treat it much the same way as you chip it to help it germinate. And in between March and May, it will get big enough for us to plant out and put outside in our outside water lily tank, or we do have some inside at the moment. These are extremely hungry plants, and we feed them constantly throughout the year with our homemade feed balls, which don't smell too pleasant but they're just purely a combination of loam and blood fish and bone. These feed balls that we make and we have made them for years are also ideal if you have water lilies in your own garden. They can help give your plant a bit of a boost if you've not had a chance to divide it and give it a new potting mix and we tend to feed ours once a week and that helps them get nice and big and it also produces lots of extra flour. If you have water lilies in your own garden as in the normal nymphaea you can also feed those on a weekly basis and that'll help produce extra flour and don't be afraid to deadhead them as you would do any other perennial in your garden. Another cool plant in the glass house which sometimes gets walked past without any notice is Gerodanthus macrorhizus. It is a superb plant, it's in the same family as cucumber and you'll notice if you uh, rub the foliage it does smell a lot like cucumber but its kind of key interest is it produces a large water storage system at the base of the plant which looks like a massive rock so when the plant's dormant in winter uh, and it has no top growth it looks like a large stone and you could easily walk past it without noticing at all that it is a plant and this water storage device has gradually gets bigger and bigger over the time and I would say it's at least doubled in size since we planted it in 2007 and it's just a very fun cool plant and during the summer it comes into growth and it produces lots of twining growth like a, a climber and we have it growing up one of our pillars in the arid zone. And my final favourite plant of the moment which perhaps isn't the most showiest thing in the world, but it has a sentimental place in my heart, is Beshnoria chapinensis. This plant uh, is one of the only 
trunk forming bechenorias in the country. So a bechenoria produces a growth a little bit like a cordyline, um, a little bit like one of those cabbage palms that you see in a lot of people's gardens. Now this plant um, was one that myself and the Glasshouse team lifted from a famous cacti nursery, Hollygate Cactus Farm in the South East. And we did this in 2009. The nursery had closed a couple of years previously due to the death of the owner. And we visited this nursery and we saw this plant and we thought it must be saved. So there was four of us and we dug up this plant out straight out of the nursery and we brought it here and planted it. And after a couple of years of sitting and being sulking a little, it's finally come into growth and it, it holds a lot of dear memories for me. There are so many different plants in the glass house with interesting stories and tales behind them. So please come and have a look around the glass house and feel free to ask any of the team and we'll be able to help you and point out something different that you might not necessarily notice. The leader of the glass house team at RHS Garden Wisley, Peter Jones. You can find out more about the plant collections at Wisley on the RHS website rhs.org.uk forward slash gardens. So that's all for this edition. We'll be back in a fortnight. From me, Jenny Bowden and all the podcast team, goodbye. I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced-rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine, and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.